Welcome to the Romani Tea Room, a podcast series by the European Roma Rights Centre, talking about Romani activism, history and culture. So pour yourself a cup of tea, pull up a chair and join us. Hello, I'm Sophie Detishvili and you're listening to the Romani Tea Room, the podcast that explores Romani activism, history, identity and culture. In February, we marked 165 years since the abolition of Romani slavery on the territory of modern-day Romania. Since the 14th century, Roma had been exploited and sold as a property by the Crown Nobilities, an Orthodox Church. This racial domination of Roma lasted until 1856, but the scars of this not-so-distant history still remains. Two months ago, the ERC's advocacy and communications manager, Jonathan Lee, interviewed Dr. Margareta Matake, a Harvard University scholar from Romania. The short version of the interview was published on the ERC's social media channels, but today we will listen to more of this conversation. In this episode, I will give the floor to Jonathan and Magda, who talk about the painful heritage of slavery in modern Romania and if the country has historically and culturally digested 500 years of history exploiting Roma. Hi, Magda. Welcome to the Romani Tea Room. It's our privilege to have the opportunity to speak with you today about the 165-year anniversary of the abolition of slavery uh, in what's now Romania. This year also marks 25 years since the European Roma Rights Centre was founded, so I've been looking a lot at the legacy of slavery in Romania from an organisational point of view, um, in, in terms of our institutional memory of the last 25 years working in Romania. And it, it seems from looking through the archives that in the 1990s, after the fall of Ceausescu's Socialist Republic of Romania, there was a wave of intense violence and persecution across Romania against Roma. Um, this is a time when the ERC came into existence, so our very earliest files in our archives are just full of accounts of pogrom after pogrom, mob violence, uh, lynching. What was it like to be Roma in Romania during the period immediately after the fall of communism? What kind, of, what kind of things were happening in the way Romanian society viewed itself and treated Roma during this time? Um, I experienced the transition from communism to democracy as a child. A child who lived in the crowded Roma household in which my sister and I um, were sharing the room with our parents. So I got to learn about radio stations such as uh, Free Europe or Voice of America from a very young age when I was constantly told by my father that we were not uh, allowed to share with anyone information about these programs. Thus in thinking back about the transition, um, freedom is of course the first word that comes to, to my mind. Um, and I will say that in 1989, we all gain freedom to speech, uh, opinion, thought and assembly. And of course there is nuance and uh, disparity in the level of power and access that individuals and groups have in exercising some of these freedoms. But at the same time, 
In spite of our hopes in December 1989, Roma did not gain freedom from racism. A lingering system which started in, 13, in the 1300s when the racial enslavement of Roma began and has evolved and became more sophisticated today. Uh, first, when we talk about the so-called uh, positive freedom, I think that since the fall of, of, of communism, free speech has not always been uh, fully understood by Romanians, or more clearly, it has not been understood in its relationship to, to the right to dignity. Does in, in many ways, white Romanians chose and experienced a shift from being intimidated by the communists to express their hatred and prejudice against Roma to no longer practicing racism in, in, in silence. And I'll give you one example. As you may know, uh, during uh, communism, teachers used to separate Roma children in Roma-only classes or um, uh, in the back room of, uh, in the backside of the back room of the classroom, but did not talk about separate uh, ethnicities. After the fall of the communism, not only that teachers have segregated children in special schools and um, in and separated classes, but they have also called many times Roma children and uh, families racial slurs and felt uh, more free to discriminate against them. Thus throughout the past 30 years, Romanians have not only expressed their racist beliefs and constructed new ones, but also used uh, racial and cultural prejudice to justify exclusion, rejection and discrimination against Roma. And second, when we discuss about freedom from racism, that was definitely the hope of, uh, of many Roma activists in the early 90s, um, including the hope of some of the Roma who participated in the revolution and in the um, protests that were organized in June 1990, but were silenced through violence by President Iliescu. Uh, but that, Hope was naive in a way, as Romanians, and by that I mean mainly the Romanian leadership, the Romanian establishment, Romanians have never, never been willing to work towards granting Roma freedom from, uh, from racism. It sounds like what you're saying is that this kind of level of societal racism and persecution against Roma was sort of only ever swept under the carpet then, like hidden just below the surface for these 30 years of communism in Romania. Do you think this is something that began with slavery but was never addressed? How, how do you explain going from very little discrimination, at least on the surface, against Roma during communism, and then almost the moment Romania becomes a democracy, widespread across the country again? So we, we did have indeed at the beginning of the 90s a, a whole wave of anti-Roma racism, um, which continued actually in the 2000s, if we were to think about cases like St. Martin or St. Crayen. And Romani Cris uh, counted up to about 40 villages and towns that were destroyed 
the, the towns where Roma were collectively blamed and their houses were burned or, uh, or uh, destroyed and Roma people were killed and seriously uh, injured. And I think that if we are if I were to look at you know, me and my relation with these pieces of, of history, that was the first or perhaps one of the very first encounters uh, that I had with deep fear of Romanians, a fear which was not only a fear of bias or discrimination, but was also a fear of, of physical violence. My father was a community activist in the early 90s and some of the Roma leaders from Romania would often gather in our yard as back then they didn't have places where they could talk and strategize. And one summer, I remember how Romanians in our own village started to organize against Roma and my father and other uh, leaders managed to stop, uh, to stop everything uh, in due time. But I remember fearing first of all, for my father, and second of all, having this fear that Romanians would burn Roma houses. And perhaps building on, on what I have already said about uh, the Romanian paradoxical approach in choosing freedom to speech assembly while denying Roma freedom to racism, I would say that those paradoxes were not um, new in the history of Roma and were not new in the history of, uh, of the world. We know that Greek philosophers embraced both slavery and virtues. We know that Enlightenment thinkers um, embraced liberty and rights at the same time with slavery and the theories of races. Um, and I think that we, we could look back at the work of Orlando Peterson who uh, talks about enslavement and he says that we, we can't really fail to see the logic of such contradictions be, because there is a relationship between the search for freedom for oneself and the denial of freedom for others. And these are basically some sort of social historical necessities that help the oppressor, help the people in power. And Roma were enslaved for 500 years a much longer time than we were, we have been free. And I think that's, that's important to, to keep in mind because indeed this, this month we mark 165 years since the final act of abolition. And I think that um, the transition from one political regime to another or from communism to, to democracy could not just swipe away five, centuries of injustice just because Ceausescu and his regime refused to recognize our existence as a people, as an ethnic group in Romania, and so uh, us as Romanians only uh, on paper. And I think that also there has been no anti-racist work in place so far, not to mention that we have never been asked if we wanted to be assimilated we were never asked if we needed healing or remedies. And that was not only during communism, but also today. So what, I, what I'm trying to say is that anti-Roma racism has always been a continuum, a burden and a cruel reality for Roma in Romania. When you're talking about this duality of uh, Greek philosophers embracing both slavery on the one hand and virtue on the other, 
I'm I'm reminded of this now infamous bill of sale, uh, which was placed in the Bucharest newspaper Luna by a monastery in 1852. I'll read it out in translation for listeners who can't see it. It says, For sale, a prime lot of gypsy slaves through auction at noon at Santa Lias Monastery on the 8th of May, 1852, consisting of 18 men, 10 boys, 7 women, and 3 girls in excellent condition. That was in 1852. You know, that's just after the European Enlightenment period, right? So this is when electricity is coming to cities, uh, gas street lighting, you know, great leaps in technology were happening, great works of art and literature and philosophy are being done. Um, in, in Romania, uh, Bucharest was a, a shining city of enlightened Europe. It was the, the first to get gas street lighting. It was a hub for intellectuals. And you know, right in the middle of all of that, you have this ad in a paper for the sale of 38 humans. It's 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 appalling. Um, can you can you describe how this economy of selling human beings worked in Romania? What does slavery mean in Romania as opposed to serfdom, uh, which is something that some people, normally racist people, argue was the case for Roma in Romania? Yes, um, I will do my best. Um... And I will all, uh, mostly use the term enslaved Roma as we are talking about uh, people who are by forced enslaved by enslavers. And I want to put emphasis on the humanity of the Roma stamped as property and the responsibility of, uh, of enslavers. And I would say that starting in the 1370s or perhaps earlier, the Roma people were enslaved for 500 years in the principalities of Moldova and Wallachia, territories of what we know today as modern, uh, um, uh, as, as Romania. The first written attestation of Roma enslavement came, I think, um, in October 1385, when Dan I, Prince of Wallachia, but also an enslaver, gifted to Tismana Monastery 40 Roma families, among uh, other so-called assets. These assets had been donated to Vodica in the early 1370s by Prince Vladislav I. That in these territories, um, different from other types of enslavement and other systems of enslavement, Roma dealt with three types of enslavers the crown, what was later the state, um, the church, and the, then the nobility. And in this conversation, at least to me, one question is like, it's, it's fundamental. Why did Roma in particular remain enslaved for 500 years? And there are various theories regarding the origins of Roma enslavement. But what I would like to underline is that we can't ignore the fact that this form of racial enslavement was a political project. A political project that targeted the people new, newly arrived in those territories who are not Christians and who are not white. Thus in many ways, I think that ethnic distinctiveness or what was later conceptualized as race was one of the original re reasons why Roma were enslaved. 
And I want to make it very clear, we are talking about chattel racial enslavement by law, the enslavers owned uh, the enslaved people as their property or possessions. And enslaved people without a so-called master would become the property of, of the crown. Children, Romani children inherited their legal status so they would be born into slavery. And the law changed quite a bit during this long period, the period of time, we talk about 500 years, but most often children of one free person and one slave were also enslaved. And generally, I think that enslaved Roma were used as currency, if you want, for purchase, trade, gifts, payments in kinds, currency, and any other sorts of, uh, of transactions. One of the things which jumped out at me when I was doing some background research into this was that compared to other forms of slavery around in this century, a Romani slave was quite cheap. Um, the value of a slave seemed to be relatively low. Does that have an effect, do you think, on the, the conditions in which Roma lived? Where if, if an investment is not worth a lot, a slave owner is less likely to pay good attention to the welfare of that investment, uh, which those slaves represent? I think that, you know, the, the price of, of Roma enslaved people um, differed in, in depending on, on the type of uh, um, of enslaver, but also on, on various other factors. And Petre Petkut writes in his book about how the, how the price also differed between women and men, uh, women and children and men and, and so on. So there is a whole conversation there, but I think that, and I want to underline that when an individual or a, or a group is stamped and seen as non-human, um, as, um, as a property, the treatment of that person or collective can be in any way uh, humane and, and compassionate. And by law, Romanian enslavers were allowed to treat and uh, to punish uh, the enslaved Roma as they wanted. There was only one exception, and that was that they were not allowed to kill them. However, we know from uh, from some um, documents and uh, writings of journalists and travelers coming to Romania back then that, in fact, uh, there were Roma who were killed and who were beaten up to death in spite uh, of the law. And we, we are talking about several types of enslaved Roma, different skills, but also different types of enslavers. Uh, so we are discussing about different relationships, different power structures, different needs and different interests. So does the conditions in which Roma live and the price of, of, the, you know, of, um, uh, of the slaves was very much depending on, on, these, um, um, on these structures. But the, the, there are some historians who say that the slaves of the crown were treated better than the ones in other categories. But at the same time, we know that nomadic slaves were allowed to travel. So that might have helped them to escape many moments of cruelty and perhaps have different conditions. But we don't know for sure as many of these factors um, determine the, the, the fate of every single um, enslaved person or every single family. What is outrageous though, and you, you alluded to that, is the fact that 
the representatives of, of the church and some Romanians would argue that first of all, Roma enslavement wasn't slavery, it was some uh, form of servitude. And they also argued that uh, enslaved Roma had more rights than people forced into enslavement in other parts of the world. In their eyes, our enslavement was some sort of, of light enslavement, of light slavery, if you want. Um, but, of, and of course, like every single oppressed people and every single uh, enslaved people had their own story and history. But the Orthodox Church uh, and their leadership more so should not, uh, should know that being treated as a property, as a non-human, being a member of a seized people does not bring it closer in any way and can't be discussed in relation to the concept of, of rights. Yeah, I think that's something that's not said enough, actually. We're talking about people as property. And this is the antithesis of human rights. Um, and it's really not that long ago either. Uh, if we have 1856 as the date of abolition, in most cases of abolition of slavery in different contexts around the world, the date of abolition is somewhat arbitrary to when people are actually free. There's usually stages of emancipation which come after this date. So what would have been the difference in Romania between the 20th of February and the 21st of February 1856 for Roma? Was, was slavery abolished overnight and they all walked free? And, and then what would have happened in the years uh, that followed 1856 for the freed slaves? Um, there were a few waves or rather important moments in achieving the actual and full abolition of, uh, of enslavement. For instance, uh, some Roma escaped and revolted against their enslavers early on in the process. And I'm talking about uh, the story of Netochi. We can't leave behind the story of Netochi, where semi-nomadic Roma who escaped from enslavement and created their own um, self-contained and isolated communities in the Carpathian uh, mountains. But indeed, the abolition didn't come overnight. We know that in the 19th century, several Romanian intellectuals allied themselves with Roma in saying no to racial enslavement. Mihail Kogalichan was indeed the driving force behind all these efforts. And I have to say uh, that no other racist, uh, anti-racist, no other anti-racist as honest and as effective has been born in Romania ever since. But there are other scholars too, and also rural rulers such as Alexandru Gica, who under the pressure of his daughter and his advisor called enslavement a social uh, disgrace. I think it's important to underline that uh, in 1848, after the revolution, there was an attempt to ab abolish enslavement, inspired, of course, from the French Revolution and its anti-slavery uh, uh, values. And as Petre Petkut mentions in one of his books, the 1848 revolution 
did not prioritize and it was not triggered by the injustices against Roma. But importantly, uh, in one of the final requests in the agenda of the revolution was to abolish enslavement, but also to give compensations to, to Roma. And in, in that context, also several uh, enslavers freed Roma because they were assenting to, to the values of the French Revolution and these values of liberty and, uh, and rights for, for all. So legally in 1848, um, we see this moment of freedom, but also a freedom commission that was established but only for a few months, because after that, Roma, uh, even Roma who received uh, certificates of freedom, they were placed again uh, in, uh, in enslavement. So what I'm saying is that there were all these moments, but per se, enslavement uh, ended in 1855 in Moldova and uh, 1856 in Wallachia, after the final act of abolition in February 1856, about 250,000 Roma, and some scholars would say that many more, became legally free. But freedom didn't come with property, freedom didn't come with compensations, as uh, some of the more progressive Romanians back then were asking in the act of, um, of the revolution. So freedom didn't, uh, slavery didn't really end back then. And it is not just about property and about uh, economic uh, um, injustice. I think that also the more legal and symbolic level enslavement and it years and decades after. For instance, my great grandparents who married in 1906, they were stamped as emancipated Romanian Romanians in that certificate from 1900s. And in the language of, the, of those times, emancipated Romanians tended, uh, uh, stood for um, former uh, slaves who were um, uh, freed. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Um, it's important to emphasize again, I think, we're really only talking about a few generations separating you and other Romanian Roma from slavery. This, you know, this this was not a long time, not a long time ago at all. In that sense, you mentioned uh, compensation. To be clear, was was compensation paid to former slaves? Was it was it paid to landowners? In the UK, for example, there was a huge fund of public money. 20 million pound, uh, which paid slave owners for their loss of property. It actually it represented 40% of the annual budget for the treasury that year. Did a similar thing happen in Romania? It was absurd and ridicu ridiculous, but not surprising to, to many. And indeed, similar to, to uh, um, the situation in other places, the enslavers in Romania also received monetary compensation for freeing, uh, freeing Roma. Um, and I want to, to underline and perhaps repeat this over and over again, this hum inhumane form of exploitation uh, brought to Romania its church and elites a lot of wealth, not to mention that 
monasteries and churches were built by assist people, the Roma people. That should be a source of shame, which is remembered and commemorated for a long time uh, in these institutions. What would you say the lasting legacy of slavery has been uh, on Romania in terms of how Roma are excluded in modern times? You know, the, the huge poverty you see in certain areas. The, there's a reluctance, actually, to talk about poverty within the movement that we're a part of sometimes. Um, and it, it always bothers me a little that Roma rights activists exclude poverty from discussions around racism as if extreme poverty is not a direct consequence of racism. Um, but, but talking about Romania, I would say some of the worst conditions I've ever seen Romani people living in have been in Romania. That has to be related to a legacy of slavery, no? Uh, yeah, I think that it's important to, to mention poverty because if we are to look at the legacy of slavery, I think that enslavement really stripped Roma people of any prospect of accumulating intergenerational wealth. Uh, and a large portion of the wealth gap in Romania comes from economic exploitation during enslavement. So from that perspective, I think you are totally right. However, economic losses and effects uh, for the Roma have not been studied as most contemporary quantitative research has focused on income and multi-dimensional poverty. And I think we have to unpack and to think a little bit uh, further in the way in which we define po uh, poverty in the case of racialized groups and in the way in which we create dimensions to, 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 to uh, measure poverty. And from that pers perspective, I think that wealth and the wealth gap is part of, of the conversation and is fully related to, to, um, to the history of injustice. And I think that we have not uh, no study so far to look at the causal link between enslavement and the present day social and economic conditions of, of Roma. But of course, as you said, we can't ignore these 500 years in understanding structural inequalities today, starting from high uh, child mortality rates to access to education, housing, access to property. And going beyond uh, social and economic, uh, economic factors, I think we can't ignore the types of relationships that enslavement set the ground for. For instance, endogamy was not only a legal tool of control during slavery when marriages between Romanians and enslaved Roma were prohibited by law, but it is an unspoken practice in our present day society. A 2020 national poll shows that while 70% of Romanians do not trust Roma, 90% of Romanians don't want to uh, Roma in, in their families. So of course there are connections between enslavement and present day situation being it economic, social, um, uh, um, and um, any other type of, of, of um, of relationship and conditions. It always amazes me how often you get organizations and researchers and charities who treat Romani poverty as just an economic issue to be solved. 
uh, like, like, like it's a problem which was just plucked from the air. Uh, if they fix unemployment and poverty, you know, everything would be fine. And they don't look at racism as the root cause. And it's also, it's very interesting that oftentimes in, in narratives, especially racist narratives in our regions, and more so as I see now in the, uh, in the narrative uh, of the Minister of Labor in Romania, there, there is a connection between poverty, a connection that they make between poverty and this idea of laziness. But how can you explain the fact that you enslaved a people for 500 years and exploited them economically, exploited them through their labor, uh, and at the same time called them lazy? So th th there, there is again a contradiction and um, some form of uh, hypocrisy in, 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 this, uh, in these narratives. But of course, these narratives are meant to be to be racist and are meant to justify uh, poverty and to justify racism. So um, they are meant to be believed and to make Romanians in, in this uh, example, to make Romanians feel that morally they do not, uh, do not have any responsibility towards the treatment of, uh, of Roma, which is most often racist and uh, discriminatory. You would think that in order to have this hypocrisy, this dichotomy that you described, you'd need to have some sort of recognition of slavery in Romania. How, how has Romania dealt with its history of slavery as a society? Has there been any commemoration or recognition, uh, perhaps education in schools? No national poll has been conducted in Romania so far. But we know that 70%, 75% of Romanians who responded in a non-representative internet poll conducted back in 2005 uh, said that they did not know about Roma enslavement and 45% did not believe it existed at all. But this was a poor estimation. I think that there is, on one hand, a lack of awareness, a lack of knowledge in Romania, but at the same time, there is also a lack of interest. There is a, um, a lack of willingness to, to understand the history of our own country in relation to, to, to the treatment of Roma. And the Romanian government and the Orthodox Church seem to have embraced an approach that involves hiring. Uh, ignoring and neglected, neglecting five centuries of, of enslavement. However, or nevertheless rather, a few steps have been taken in the direction of recognition, but even those steps were initiated by Roma who are in some sort of position of, of power. For instance, a Roma politician uh, was the one who proposed the adoption of the 2011 law which honors February 20th as the day commemorating the abolishment of Roma enslavement. Another Roma politician placed a memorial plaque in the Tismana Monastery, but the country has shied away from presenting an accurate account of the history of enslavement. Thus the Romanian history needs to be rewritten and history textbooks are yet to be revised to reflect Roma enslavement as part of the history of Romania. 
um, more so the Romanian government, the Romanian state is yet to build a national museum of Roma enslavement and ensure that local and national uh, museums of history also included. The Romanian state is yet to provide um, resources to digitize all the archives of the enslavement and allow easy access to those archives. The state institutions and the church are yet to ensure and budget for substantive and systemic public dis uh, dissemination of historical um, records through education and efforts to raise awareness. And when I say that, I really mean research, history books, novels, memorials at the local and national level, history, uh, um, documentaries and, uh, and movies, exhibitions, other artistic work, youth initiatives, non-formal and anti-racist education. And I'm not just saying that because I think they are right, because they are, but also because we see that similar steps taken in other countries uh, where slave, uh, enslavement was uh, a, a reality. And it's a, it's a moral responsibility, it's a legal responsibility, although not really on paper, but I think it is uh, an actual responsibility uh, of the state to ensure acknowledgement and, and recognition and dissemination of information about uh, Roma enslavement. And finally, the simple phrase, we are sorry, has a lot, a lot of moral, uh, moral and political power, but representatives of the Romanian state and the Orthodox Church are yet to apologize for, for the enslavement uh, to, to Roma. So we need a, apologies. We need compensations, we need memorialization, we need through telling, and all this can be achieved by starting with a national commission to study the legacy of enslavement. Thank you very much for your time, Magda. You are listening to Jonathan and Magda. And it's interesting, where is the starting point where the countries like Romania should begin to understand, name and also apologize for their past mistakes? You can share your opinion about this in the comment section below the podcast episode. That's all for today. Thanks for staying with us. And don't forget to follow the Romani Tea Room on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Spotify.